broadcasting under the night sky from the edge of an undisclosed jungle on the Gulf of Mexico. I'm Christopher Garitano, your voice in the night. For the next hour, allow me to be your guide into the bizarre unknown, the fantastic macabre, and together we'll journey to that borderland between fiction and reality, a place beyond all rational explanation. We are now off to the witch. And, uh, for example, uh, there's a drug called dimethyltryptamine, EMT for short. And this is a 40-minute run where your consciousness is really screwed up. And I was told about this, and I inquired of the doctors whether it was, you know, dangerous or harmful or would leave you with the heebie-jeebies. They said, no, don't do anything like that. Just just about 40 minutes of sheer insanity. And they, they said it renders people speechless. Well, I said it won't render me speechless. <laughs> <laughs> that was from an early 1970s interview with writer Alan Watts regarding his first experience with the God molecule dimethyltryptamine, otherwise known as DMT. Primarily known for bringing Eastern philosophy such as Zen Buddhism to the West, Watts was also a psychonaut, coined slang for an explorer of altered states of consciousness. He felt strongly when experimenting with psychedelics including mescaline, mushrooms, LSD, and DMT that once the message was learned, there was no reason to try it again. Tonight's guest makes and experiments with DMT herself, as she and many others do believes she's touching the precipice of not only hallucination, but literally another world. We'll hear her story after this commercial break. After these messages, we'll be right back. You are listening to the Off to the Witch podcast, where we explore that bizarre borderline between fiction and reality and all subjects arcane. Journey over to my YouTube channel and subscribe now at youtube.com slash at off to the witch for a variety of extras and special features, including the off to the witch mini docs with further insights on many of the latest episodes, as well as previews and behind the scenes of my forthcoming investigative series off to the witch presents, as well as the anniversary edition of my motion picture documentary Montauk Chronicles and follow us on social media. All links are available at linktree.com slash garitano7, G-A-R-E-T-A-N-O-7. And stay tuned for more Off to the Witch. When you dare to enter the controversial world of LSD, you will embark on the most jolting journey of your life. On your trip, you will face a lovely sort of death as you experience the ecstasies. Feel the warmth. The texture of excitement as it grows. The agonies. No, the aching pain of an old love's final dying. The frustration of a new love's insatiable demanding. And the orgies with the psychedelic revolutionaries who turn on and go out of their skulls. The wildest of pleasures possess you. Fingers of fear mercilessly rake you. When you see the trip, you will actually touch the scream as it crawls up the wall. Don't miss Roger Corman's The Trip. Starring Peter Fonda, more shocking than Blues and the Wild Angels, and Susan Strasberg. Also starring Bruce Dern, Dennis Hopper, and Solly Soxie. The trip from American International in psychedelic color will blow your mind. 
Welcome back to Off to the Witch. I'm your host, Christopher Garitano, and tonight's guest, Tasha Randall, claims to have achieved a dimensional exploration into alternate realities by way of the god molecule DMT. She's here tonight to tell us about her process creating the substance, preparing her body, spirit, and mind, as well as what she witnessed on her continued journeys into the unknown. So here's my interview with Tasha Randall. Hello, my name is Tasha. I was born and raised in Las Vegas. And I grew up with a family that were very spiritual. My grandmother was known for doing palm readings and tarot cards and things like that. So I grew up knowing about energy, that we are made up of energy. So I think that really played a huge uh, impact on what was to come in my life later down the road. Um, my grandmother, you know, in high school, I remember visiting her and her drawing aliens and pyramids and UFOs, and that always stuck in my mind, but it just wasn't something I was interested in. So I graduate high school and I decide that I want to be a therapist, a massage therapist. And I put myself through school and that was, I graduated in 2002. And my work took a huge turn in 2011 um, during a session with a client. I experienced this overwhelming, loving, beaming energy surging through every cell of my being. And then I instantly had a download into my mind that stated, I am a family relative that has passed away and I'm here to love and support him. Obviously him being the client on my table. So in that moment, my client had no desire to communicate with his father, who you know, ended up being his father. But for me, it, in that moment, it showed me that we were much more than what we see in the mirror or what, or that what we see with our eyes. And so that kind of started me out in knowing that there's much more to this reality and to ourselves. And then I learned, you know, that the dimethyltryptamine um, is released in the pineal gland. And so I know that my experience, that overwhelm, that beaming loving energy that I had surging through my body was connected to the dimethyltryptamine that is released in our pineal glands. So that's kind of where it got started for me. Okay, so you did some research on dimethyltryptamine, DMT, and you started to realize that it was inherent in the body. And at what point did you come to a place where you would actually get your hands on the substance or make it? Uh, when was the first time you tried it? Well, it's not something that you can easily just like get your hands on, you know? I mean, it really is not something very easy to get your hands on. Um, so I thought it was important that I just, you know, I, I started researching, you know, how, how you extract it. And there were so many videos on YouTube, you know, so many people um, guiding you through extracting it. Plus I had done some research and read some different methods of doing that. And so I just took it upon myself to just get those few ingredients. Um, it, it, so there's, so dimethyltryptamine is in every living thing like animals, plants, us humans. Um, and so you can pull it out of, there's many different uh, root barks, barks, you know, trees that have a higher percentage of it in them. And so one of the main ones is uh, Mimosa hostilis. And it's just like, it literally is just plants. It's just like shredded bark is what it looks like. 
And so it just, you just use, you just extract. So you're extracting that. You're opening the cellular structure with vinegar. Use vinegar to open the cellular structure and um, pull the dimethyltryptamine out. I don't know all the special words that they use, but there's many different methods of, of doing this. But another cool thing is that you also um, can activate this through meditation as well. So this is just kind of like a shortcut way of doing it. Okay. So in other words, you, you, you get the actual bark or one of the plants that it's um, it, it's in abundance within this, this tree or this, this, this plant. And you extract it with the vinegar, you soak it in there. And then finally, is it in a, a crystalline form or a crystallized form? Yes, if you if you if you look at it super close, like under a microscope in a sense, but if you're just looking at it with our own visual eyes, it just looks like a well. See, that's funny because different methods looks different. So one of the methods um, is used with no harsh, you know, chemicals. Um, it's like white and it looks like a flower almost, like little flowers, little blooms of flowers. But yes. They're called crystals. If you look really close under a microscope, they're crystalline-looking flakes, I guess you would call <laughs> call them. I know that you're a spiritual person and you've been in touch and you've had these experiences. So how did you feel? I'm sure you were exhilarated and, and obviously interested and you, you had done your research at that time um, and you heard about other people's experiences. What, did you talk firsthand with someone who had the experience before you decided to make it yourself? I, I had been searching and learning about it for years before I actually was able to get my hands on it. I did um, actually have a buddy that, um, you know, actually got me a little tiny bit of it. And it was just enough for one person to do. And um, yeah, and it was just, I mean, I can express, I can share with you my first experience on it if you'd like. Of course. And I, you know, being that this is an audible experience, I want to know in your best description how your body felt, how you felt, how does it how does it mm -hmm. feel when you first and you, you smoke it, correct? Correct. Yeah, you okay, can. So, yeah, you have to smoke it. Mm -hmm. All right. So once you once you have the substance, let's let's get down to preparation of body, mind, and spirit. Is there anything you have to do beforehand? Do you have to fast? Do you have to get in some kind of frame of mind? Like, what are some of the cautions and caveats? And then I want to get into your actual experience with it. So the first thing is um, you have to respect it and you have to have intention behind it. It's not like some drug that you just want to get high off of. That's not what it's for. Um, it's alive. It's very alive. And you have to respect it because it, it's opening up realms that you're always connected to. You just never knew that you were connected to them. And this matrix, you know, world and programming that we live in kind of blocks our minds from being able to have these experiences so that we, we can actually focus on this reality. So it's all set up, you know, for a good reason, but it, it, it's not a hallucinogenic. I, I don't like that word because hallucinating to me means that your mind is creating something that's not really real or really there. And psychedelics, to me, they're opening up other realities that we can't normally perceive with our, or with our eyes or our awareness. 
So it's just like a potion, you know, in a sense where it activates these extra sensories that we have in um, another part of our brain that allows us to see into these realms that we're not normally allowed to, not, not normally seeing into them. I know a lot of uh, very intelligent people, uh, everybody from poets to uh, writers to scientists agree with that theory. Now, do you know the origins of that theory that that ingesting or smoking DMT, enhancing, obviously it's, it's a substance that's in your body. It's a chemical that's released, I suppose, when you die, correct? And when you, when you, when you're born and when you, um, when you sleep, but also through meditation, you can also activate it through meditation. Okay. So there are other, other times that it's activated in the body. And could this substance be responsible for your dream state? Cause I know, you know, there's no full explanation for mm-hmm. dreams even now. Yeah. It's called the spirit molecule for a reason. So it is called the spirit molecule. There's a great uh, documentary on YouTube. Uh, it's a D it's just called the DMT, the spirit molecule. And of course, I'm sure everyone knows Joe Rogan, you know, is a big, you know, at, you know, he advertises doing DMT quite often because he thinks it's a great tool, you know, for us to see things that we're before not, not understood or, you know, but again, it's, you know, the preparation for this is not to go into it with, it's not just, you know, some simple thing to do. It's, it's very intense. It's very, very intense. And if you are a person that um, is a control freak, you know, or um, you have to be free, you have to be free, you have to feel safe within who you are and yourself, and know that you're always protected. And that you can't be harmed, um, but you know people need to know how how intense this is because it is the most intense thing you will ever experience. But it is our connection to the universe. It is our connection back to source energy. All, all that we are, you know, we are everything, and everything is us. So, you know, whatever you're experiencing, and, and you know what you feed your brain, what you feed your consciousness. You know, if you watch a lot of horror movies or a lot of violence, things like that, um, you're going to, that's going to mirror itself in your um, experiences, for sure. Now, yeah, that's an interesting thing. So some people revel in that kind of thing. But when you're on DMT, and you're in the horror world, um, it might not be as enjoyable as this safe experience when you're watching a film which is fiction you're experiencing something on a completely different level it's almost like you're you're facing your fears is, does that bring your fears out does dmt do that because i know the ayahuasca does and i, I believe that um part of that experience is it, it, it includes dmt in its substance no it does um ayahuasca is you know it's mixed with another plant and it's definitely for just for healing. Um, and it lasts for hours, uh, very, a lot of hours, as opposed to just the smoking DMT lasts for, well, depending on how, how many hits you take, but it can be anywhere from 10 minutes to 20 minutes long. It's a very short uh, period of time. But believe me, you don't want it to be as much longer than that. Sure. that Does intense. it feel longer when you're on it? Right, do you perceive it as a much longer experience when you're on the DMT? You know, this interesting thing about DMT is every time I've done it, and I was doing it every day for a good couple months, um, because, 
you got to realize I come from, you know, all these magical experiences that I have had with spirit and ET beings and telepathic communications and being pulled onto a craft and not knowing what astral travel was and, and not just knowing that I was on this craft with these beings. Um, you know, I knew that th this was all kind of interconnected. I wanted to understand what was going on when you would do DMT and have a breakthrough because a breakthrough means that you actually leave your body. You know, that's when you take a lot of big hits and you actually are flying down <laughs> a portal or Stargate, whatever you want to call it. It's just filled with lots of lights and uh, geometric patterns and things like that. But I'm sorry, I can't remember your question now. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> so, so in other words, okay, a, a while back, I had a, a friend die of a drug overdose and I, I found him afterward. And the thing is, it's such a lonely, horrible thing just to get high for a little while. DMT is completely different than that. And you've explained some of it. And I just want to go into how DMT is very separate from any kind of street drugs, highly addictive narcotics, recreational drugs, you know, the things that killed my friends. Um, you know, what, what's the difference between DMT and Ha can you die or OD on it? And has anyone to your knowledge died on it? Nobody to my knowledge has died off of DMT. You have to realize that the difference between DMT and, you know, these other drugs, these street drugs, which really street drugs are really also pharmaceutical drugs. They're just put in a pill form. The thing about drugs, the war on drugs is society has this view um, that has been programmed into us about drugs. It's okay if, you know, a man in a white coat gives it to you, but, you know, if it's given to you by your friend or someone on the street or something like that, you know, there's just such, our view of, of drugs is just so programmed in a sense. Um, and because our consciousness is so powerful, that's what we create it to be. And it, that's kind of a lot in, that I just said there, but um, the difference is, is that dimethyltryptamine is actually a substance that your own body creates. That's the difference. Of course, there's opiate receptors that uh, our bodies also create, but this is the spirit molecule. This is this can be activated through meditation. Um, it's a very magical thing. And that's what's quite unique about it as well. Now, you had said it comes from the, the pineal gland? Yes. Okay. Is it is it in any relation to uh, adrenochrome? Is there something similar between DMT and adrenochrome that I've I've heard of? Some people say it doesn't even exist, but it does. You know, I don't know enough about. <clears throat> I honestly don't know anything about um, other than some horror stories about some uh, elite people creating fear in, in people and then somehow extracting it from their bodies and getting some sort of high off of it. What sure. do you know about it? Only what I've heard from people that I interviewed in relation to the, the Montauk project. And they said that one of the main things that are used in a lot of these programs where they kidnap kids and they put them into these mind control situations where they're beaten, where they're scared to death, is that the pineal, pineal gland is saturated with adrenochrome at that moment of, of the heightened fear, and then they extract it from there. In other words, they kill the child or the teenager. 
And then it's used, like you had said, you know, it's sold off to elite people. But adrenochrome has been talked about for years. I mean, obviously, Hunter S. Thompson talked about it in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas' book. Um, it was referenced many times before that. I think William Burroughs did. So, it, you know, it's not a new discussion. And I'm sure there's some truth in it. Um, you know, I can't confirm. I can't even confirm the Montauk Project, even though we got pretty close because we did bring scientists to the ground and stuff like that. Mm. But DMT seems to be a different thing. Uh, more it is a different. An enlightening Sorry. experience. Yeah, no, that's okay. Yeah. Um, and so that's, you know, that's really what I want to focus on today. And I did want to get some of this discussion on the table because I, I don't want people to have the misconception that we're here pushing a drug on people, which I would never do. I've, you know, I, I had my days with street drugs and, it ended really bad. You know, I watched a great friend, you know, die in front of me. So it, it's not, it's not something that I take lightly. However, you know, I am, I am interested in people's experiences with DMT and also making very clear the differences between those street drugs before we go forward. And if there's anything else you want to say about it, that you actually have used it quite a bit. And what if, what are the effects that it it's had on you it hasn't like it's not it's not addictive correct like you can't you can't overdose on it and, and you don't feel like an addict no 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 not at all um not at all no um it's just i wanted to experiment with it because there's so much to learn from having a journey through dmt one of the first things that you learn <clears throat> which i had already learned before this so that's what made me even more want to experience it was that one of the first things that you learn is that you are not your body, that you exist outside of your body. That's one of the first things that you learn during a DMT trip um, because you're shown that you are more than your body. And, you know, if, you're, if you smoke enough of it, you will literally leave your body. And that means you're astral traveling. We travel every night when we go to sleep. That's what we're doing in our dream state. We're traveling in our astral bodies. And, but your astral body feels no different than this body that you're in right now. This body feels very real and it is real, but it's not the whole of who we are. There's a huge part of us that is in the non-physical that stays in the non-physical forever. Just a piece of, of us comes into this into this body and is the force that makes this body work. So yeah, it's not it's not a um, it doesn't it doesn't feel addicting not at all. Believe me, <laughs> most people that do DMT are they're happy they did it, but they don't really have a whole lot of you know enthusiasm to do it again because it really is intense. You have to be a certain kind of person. You have to be completely comfortable with not being in control and going through a journey and allowing whatever journey that is, wherever it takes you and being comfortable and, and knowing that you are safe with that. I've never heard of anyone dying of uh, doing DMT. Um, if someone were, I mean, the only thing I could think of is that if someone maybe has a heart problem, because initially when you first, you know, take in a few hits, because it's so intense, your heart rate does go up a little bit. Um, but I've never heard of anybody actually dying from it. Sure. And it would probably be reported in abundance that people are dropping dead from the stuff and no one's really heard of that. Um, 
and it, you know, and, and you mentioned Joe Rogan. He's somebody that's truly into health, uh, yet he does DMT. So it's, um, I mean, it's a paradox in a way, but at the same time, I think it's misunderstood. And that's why I, and another reason for this discussion today is to really talk about details of how it affects a human being short and long term. Um, and you've been doing it for a while. And so, so you have to prepare yourself. You have to take it seriously. It's not a recreational drug. It's not like smoking a joint. And it's not this highly narcotic, uh, addictive, life-destructive thing like methamphetamine or crack or you know anything like that, yeah. heroin. Mm-hmm. It's not like that. Yet, you do experience a body high, a state of euphoria, and it doesn't last very long either. It's profound enough in the in the ten to twenty minutes maximum that it doesn't. You don't have any hangover like if you had taken LSD. You, you know you're on it for you're on it for half a day. It's crazy. Um, mm. Or mushrooms. You're on it for many hours. You know, and and the mm. next day you still feel kind of weird. In this case, you don't have any hangover from it. Zero. I mean, just zero. I mean, it's over and it's over. You don't feel like a come down. There's none of that. None of that at all. It's just 15 minutes, around 15 minutes. And you're literally, you're just in awe when you come back. You're just like, oh, usually people have these just shocking looks on their faces. And and most of the time they cannot even express to you what they just experienced. Like it's so intense and so difficult to put into words what they just experienced. And that's why I'm, I'm able to do that. I'm able to, to express it because I've done it so many times. You know, I wanted to really map it out and really explore it. And I still haven't gone, I wouldn't say I've gone all like as far as I could possibly go with it. But the cool thing I was telling you was that the experience is different every time. I mean, sure, there's some things that are the same, you know, like, the geometric patterns that you'll see. Now, here's another thing: when you do when you do it, are you going to do it with your eyes closed or with your eyes open? Because that also is a whole other world too. Very different worlds with your eyes open or with your eyes closed. And in the beginning, I was doing it. So I'll just express. I'll just share with you my first experience ever doing it. Um, I. It was, see, it, it still is very difficult to, it's an internal, intense, um, almost like you're seeing your multidimensional self. And then I was just getting like energy volts going through my body. And then I just remember my whole body almost like disappearing, like my whole body disappeared and I was just left with my consciousness. And then I was getting these energy volts like every minute or so. Like it felt good though, not bad, a good energy bolts. And then at one point I opened my eyes and I saw like the matrix, like, you know, in the movie, like I saw these numbers going uh, vertical and horizontal right in front of me on the right side of my, my vision, my vision. And so, you know, again, it's, it's just, there's so much involved with, I mean, there's so many things to experience other times, you know, there would be times where I would do it and I wouldn't experience anything at all. It was almost like, I was getting immune to it or something. Um, and it would be the same, you know, you know, stuff in the same bowl the next day. And it would be so intense. Like, like what happened? <laughs> it was almost like spirit did something to it or 
DMT that, you know, the consciousness of the DMT did something to it because nothing on my end was changed to it. And all of a sudden it was like super intense. Are you able to walk around on it or is it a very stationary experience? Very stationary. Yeah. You don't want to be standing while doing it. You want to be in a very comfortable seat. So you're not compelled to get up and walk around the house like you would on mushrooms or or something else like that. It's not like that. No, not at all. But it, let's just say that you were out in nature. Say you decided that you wanted to be in nature, you know, doing DMT. It's really beautiful because everything is so alive. Like you see the aliveness in everything. Like it's really, really magical. Um, what I was going to say was um, another thing is, like I was telling you, you know, my experiences have changed so they changed so dramatically, you know, from one one to the ne- to the next. But I was meditating for, I would say, a good eighty percent of the time that I was doing DMT. You know, daily, I had it was like a ritual. You know, I would light some sage and um, play my singing bowls for a little while, and then I would set up a meditation. And after I would take a few good hits. I would play, you know, a specific meditation and then I would just close my eyes and just let the journey take me wherever it took me. And it was really different every single time. I mean, again, it was different every time, really. I met some aquatic beings uh, recently. Um, But see, you got to realize that my consciousness is very aware of many different galactic beings out there. And, And I've been aware of these beings for over 10 years now. So that's another part that, you know, whatever's in your consciousness, you're going to experience, you know, um, that's why it's so important what you put into your mind. People don't realize that television is not, you just want to be more careful with what you're, you know, feeding your brain. Of course. So let's say you, okay, so you have your eyes open, you prepare the DMT, you also get in a spiritual and meditative state as opposed to recreational. And I'm sure some people have experimented with DMT in with the wrong frame of mind in regard to it being a spiritual experience. I'm sure they tried music. I'm sure they were had movies on when they did it. What happens if, so you smoke it, you inhale it, and then what happens next? How do you feel? Let's say you're sitting on the couch or on the floor. What's the next thing that happens? Well, with your eyes closed or with your eyes open? Okay, so it's two different experiences. Let's try first with your eyes mm-hmm. open. What is it like with your eyes open? Because you do blink, so your eyes are closing momentarily, of course. So yeah, if you if you do it with your eyes open, um, the room gets really like this yellow hue, in a sense. Um, the colors, and now this all depends on how much you, how intense it is as well. But you'll start to see like quadruple patterns of the same thing, like the TV, you know, will have, you know, several copies of itself, you know, right behind it. And you'll see a lot of colors, a lot of bright colors, like super bright colors. Like a great example is a great artist. Um, I think his name's Alex Gray. He's a great DMT artist. And you'll see a lot of what he he portrays in his art. Um, yeah, and again, it's just super, it just depends on how intense of a hit you've taken. Um, but it, so it can vary from, you know, uh, seeing, you know, everyone, people's skin tend to look very orange to me too. I don't know why, but um, 
yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's, you know, another time um, I did it with a, a few friends of mine and at a friend's house and we literally just laughed the whole time. Like we couldn't stop laughing. It was great. It was really wonderful. Let's say you do a few hits, right? Do you forget where you are? You know where you are. You can see everything just fine. And, and if someone is there and the vibe is good, you can experience it with someone. You can enjoy it, you know? Sure, sure, yes. Uh, yes, you can enjoy it with, with someone. Um, it, is, it is more of an eternal experience, I would say. And again, that all, again, you know, in the beginning, I wouldn't say it was more, I wouldn't say it was a more social thing. I would say it was more personal thing. But I guess maybe because I've done it so many times, I don't know, we just were laughing over and over and over again. But I can tell you the first time I had an actual breakthrough, which jarred me big time because, so my intent was to have a breakthrough. And um, I was like, goodbye. I said goodbye to a few friends that I was with at my place. And I was literally flying, I left my body and I was flying through this wormhole or, you know, uh, stargate, I don't know, a portal, whatever you want to call it. And in that moment, at, at that time, I had no memory of Tasha or this life in that short period of time. And I don't recall getting anywhere further than flying down this, this portal and knowing that I'm everything and everything is me and I'm everything and then I was boom I was back in this body and I opened my eyes and I'm like I see the corners and you know the structure of the house I'm in and oh 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 okay this is oh okay I'm Tasha I'm a human whoa like holy crap that was crazy <laughs> and, like, and in wow. real time how long do you think that departure was like and you did a lot that night correct well, it wasn't that I did a lot. I just, um, I hit it out of a bong. So you can get okay. a, a way bigger hit from it that way. Okay. Um, I would I would say I took two, maybe maybe three really big hits. And I was gone maybe 10 minutes. Yeah, see, I had never done, I, I never did DMT many years ago. We're going back 25 years ago. I tried ketamine, Special K. And it sounds similar to what you're talking about, you know, like where you do a little bit more and then you're down this wormhole, you do a little bit and it's the room looks different. Everything is completely different. Have you, have you done that? Is it similar at I, all or it's a completely different experience? I have never done that. So I'm not, okay. quite, I'm not well, sure. Don't do it because yeah. that can kill you. Really? Yeah. Was it a good experience? I mean, it was the, it was the most intense trip because I had, I had tried mushrooms at that time. I, you know, I've been many, many years without anything like that. But um, yeah, I tried mushrooms at that time, and I tried LSD once or twice, and um, and then I tried what I just said. I tried uh, special K, and yeah, it was intense. I felt like I had gone into another world. It literally transported me somewhere else. But unfortunately, I also had another friend that died from that. You know, because you can die of respiratory failure. They they inject it into cats when, you know, when they're putting them out for surgery. So it's mm. it's an I'm animal so tranquilizer. Yeah, but I wonder if yeah. it has a similar effect because it was really intense stuff. Well, again, this is called a spirit molecule, and there's a reason why it's called a spirit molecule because it is our connect. It is our connection to the universe. 
It is a natural substance that our own brains, our own pineal glands secrete. Our own, our pineal glands also secrete melatonin for the body as well. But you also, if you go far enough, you can meet DMT entities. Um, they have called them DMT entities. I call them entities because you have to realize that I have known about galactic beings and entities for much, for over 10 years. So that wasn't my focus, well, you know, so I didn't actually see any, just recently that I actually encounter, uh, you know, a face-to-face with some beings. Now that's now, but in the beginning you could, you would feel, you'd always feel that you weren't alone. So if you're, if you're, if you, you know, you take a few hits, you close your eyes and you're on, you know, you have your eyes closed and you're going through your experience, you will feel presence with you. I did anyway. I felt this presence with me. My other friends have expressed this too. You don't see anybody necessarily in the beginning, but you do sense this presence is with you. Um, and so, yeah, the first, so I, I, I met this aqua, aqua being raised. Um, and then, and then just what, like a week ago, um, I had done DMT and for the first time I saw a hologram. It was like a hologram, uh, on my carpet and it was all these different DMT beings and they were showing me them, their faces, you know, one after another, after another, after another, like I saw like 50 different, you know, beings in this hologram on my carpet. It was really, really amazing. I had never experienced anything like it before. And of course this is with my eyes open, right? But when I met the aquatic race, it was with my eyes closed. There are those who say that this quiet town holds many secrets. Legend has it that beneath this very tower, a dark force had its eyes set on the children. We were told that what was going on there was for the benefit of humanity. What would you say to the people who say, well, all these children were kidnapped and murdered and you were a part of it. What would you tell them? You I tell did them? approve of it, but there was nothing I could do about it. They wanted a large number of programmed boys to be used for mind control operations. And there are others who say it's still happening to this day. I don't know, I for myself find it a little suspicious that all the evidence has been conveniently destroyed. Let's put it this way. If you're sitting there with 20 guns pointed at you, what are you going to do? Whatever the hell they want! Watch Montauk Chronicles now for free on Tubi, Plex, Roku, and available for download on Amazon and Apple TV. He is conducting an experiment into the combined effects of sensory deprivation and hallucinatory drugs. The subject of the experiment is himself. And the experiment is out of control. 
Ken Russell's Altered States, a film that must not be missed, is in the West End now. Altered States, Certificate X. This series presents information based in part on theory and conjecture. The producer's purpose is to suggest some possible explanations, but not necessarily the only ones, to the mysteries we will examine. smoke the DMT. Are you seeing things that normally can see us or and that are always around us or does the DMT itself open up some kind of consciousness doorway of sight, you know, perception? Because maybe in normal like right now these things can't see me, I can't see them, but if I smoke DMT right now, we could see each other. Is that is that what you think it is? Well, I think it's I think it's this and that. I don't think it's this or that. Um, I think that it's this and that. I think that yes, um, these beings can connect much easier with you when you're when you've you know taken and activated the DMT, whether it be smoking or activating your own DMT. Um, it allows for you to per- have that perception, so they can connect much better with you. But there's many beings around us all the time. We are never alone. From the minute you are born till the minute you pass, your body perishes, you are never alone. And I don't believe this. I know this is the truth because I've experienced it. I've experienced thinking I'm alone, driving down a road. Um, well, I'll just briefly tell you, um, it was late at night. I was coming home from a session and I was on like 50, you know, speed limits 45. And I was in the furthest right lane and I was fishing with my radio. And I heard in my head, accident, accident, really loud. And I look up at the road and there's this car that came from my right side and it was just frozen in my entire lane. And I'm reaching the intersection and I'm like, I'm going to T-bone the hell out of this car. There's nothing like I, I should have died. I should have slammed into this car and, and I'd be dead. I mean, that I was, it was that serious. Well, I slammed on my brakes, turned my wheel all the way to the right and my, t- my car just kind of like slid and then our tires maybe touched and my car stopped. And then I just went around this car and just kept going. That was my guides. We all have those guides. Um, but because my third eye has been open since childhood, since I was a child, because of learning as a child that we are made up of energy and all these you know, spiritual things that I've learned since I was a little girl, that's opened up my to keep that third eye open you know to allow for these experiences to happen because all of all of us as children you know babies see all kinds of entities they see everybody you know that's in the non-physical they just because that's just where they came from they just came from there so they haven't been domesticated in a sense they haven't been programmed yet to you know um to not see those things but a lot you know like i think i was telling you the last talk that we had not to get too off of the subject of dmt but there's hundreds of children that are just learning how to talk. 
I'm talking three years old, talking about their past life that they just came from or talking about beings that they're seeing or non-physical beings or ghosts or whatever that they're seeing. Um, so it's living here on this planet, we become very domesticated because people want you to shush, don't talk about that. You know, people will think you're crazy and throw you in a hospital that those sorts of things that take away that magic, you know, connection that we have with the non-physical. So children have a, a different perception, you know, babies. Do you think animals as well can see yes. these other worlds? Oh yes, definitely. And have you been around animals when you're smoking DMT? <laughs> yeah, my, 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 my baby, um, Bear Bear, um, yeah, he was around when I, the first time I ever did DMT and me and him are super connected. So he knew something was going on. He didn't know what, but he knew something was going on with me. Um, See, it's, you yeah. know, it's interesting because like I said, anything I've done that kind of, you know, I would transcend on any substance, it would be hours and hours and hours. So in this case, it's a very short period of time. So that's the first thing I guess people should understand is that it's very, it's profound, but it's short. The other thing is there's no hangover at all. You're out of it. Does it take moments to come out of it? Like maybe a good 10 minutes to kind of just get yourself back together again? No, no. I mean, you're literally just back to normal, like right after you're done. I mean, doing it, you know, again, it, it's, um, it's not a high, it's not like getting a high on drugs. It's, it really isn't. I mean, you do, you do feel this body, um, your body feels good, you know, your body can feel, feels really good. But, um, you know, the first thing you experience is that you're, you know, something intense is happening. Okay. It's like, and so you get, you, you will get nervous and your, your heartbeat will go up a little bit, but just remember that that's normal. That's normal. It's a normal thing. It will calm down but it is intense, you know, just expect it to be super intense and make sure that you are in a um, pleasant environment and make sure that, you know, you're not having thoughts, uh, you know, lower vibrational thoughts, all those things, of course, you know, affect your experience, you know, but it also, even if you are in a place where, you know, you need help, you feel like you need help because you're struggling in life for whatever reason, DMT is a good thing to reset you. It's a good reset, you know, for yourself. It humbles you and it shows you that you are magical and that you are made up of much more than what you could ever possibly imagine and that you have a connection to the universe that you previously didn't know that you had. I mean, we all have guides. We all have guides, not just some of us, all of us. We all are part of one another. And the fear, you can't fear, be fearful. If you are fearful, it's one thing to be nervous about doing something. It's another to be fearful. And I'll give you an example of this. My cousin um, grew up with a mother that watched a lot of horror movies. So monsters are in his consciousness. So, I, you know, he said he wanted to try DMT. So he came over. And my approach to it, you know, is this high vibrational, loving, yeah, excited, you know, kind of thing. Because DMT is a heal. It's a healing, you know, substance as well. It can heal your body if you work with it in that way. But because of the horror, because of the things that were in his consciousness, of course, he saw a monster. I don't know. I mean, that's just it. Really, does mirror what you have in your mind. Okay, and so when as, he was there, he was there with you when he did it, 
and and he came out of it and said he saw monsters when he was on it were you observing him no he wanted me to be doing it with him as well so i i in that moment i was singing mantra music because i i telepathically was picking up that it was like really intense for him whatever he was experiencing so i started singing i started singing mantra music and he said that my singing mantra music brought him back into a safe place so in in i just want to get the an idea of the scene so in that moment he was sitting where like on a couch on the floor and you were also sitting on the floor and nobody moved from where they were nobody moved from where we were we were sitting at my desk actually in chairs and um the fir- the first thing that he did was he was breathing really really hard like he was like and he had never done, you know, any other kind of psychedelics, you know, so, and he doesn't do drugs. So, you know, this was a really super intense, I mean, he smokes weed, but to him, that's not doing drugs. So this was a super intense thing. But yeah, if you're, you can't fear the first thing, the first most important thing is that no matter, I don't care what it is, I don't care if it's the meanest, darkest demon impossible that you can imagine or think of in your head, it has no power over you unless you give it power. Okay. Do not fear anything ever. Okay. But I have an, I have a question regarding that. So when I had done LSD and I had a couple of different experiences on it, some were hilarious and another one was very dark and you couldn't get out of it. It was hours and hours and hours. It was terrifying. Now it was a mind fuck in a way because it, it manipulated my mind into a place of fear and I was locked in there. Mm. Can you get imprisoned in DMT as well? In other words, if it can you get locked in a state of fear? Yeah. Okay. No. It's different. No, no, it's no. very different. It really is very different. The entities that you if you do do a lot and you do go in its extreme the very first time, you know, you're gonna meet entities, but they're not they're not there to scare you. That's why I said, you know, that's why it's difficult for me to relate to my cousin because it's like that just doesn't make sense because I don't know anyone else that is experiencing monsters. But here's the thing. That's what he, he created that experience. He already set that experience up for himself before he even did it. You see what I'm saying? Sure. Because yeah, he definitely set that up for himself. So, and that's what he needed to experience, you know, that for his, for him to experience all, all, everything we experience is what we are attracting into our experiences into our reality and it's a learning. It's always to learn something from it, you know? Of course. And I, you know, I don't want to get too personal or talk about anything you don't want to talk about. Um, there's a few things. I'm I an open ask. book. Okay. Cause <laughs> I, I really want to go deep into this. So um, a lot of it's a very solo experience, but have you or anybody that you know of experimented with, you know, uh, a sexual experience with it? <laughs> uh, you know, before, before this conversation, I was wondering like, should I talk to him about this? I don't know if yeah, I should talk to him about a, this or not. It's a very adult show. We can talk about, you know, I, I last I checked my audiences in five-year-olds. And I think, I think what I'm asking are the questions that are on the audience's mind. They're curious of how it would be that way too. So I would never look at it in that sense. I never had any thought about it in that sense. And I would say no for the most part. But because I had done it maybe so many times, I don't know what it was, but I would I didn't want to smoke it anymore. I wanted to vape it, you know, like mix it with vape juice. I'd rather much vape it than smoke it. And so I was making up, you know, the vape juice and mixing it with the DMT. 
and I put it in, the, in you know, my vape and um, cause I vape and um, <clears throat> I couldn't believe it. I, I took a few hits and I didn't get any like intense feeling or any visuals or anything like that, but I felt like this orgasm happening inside my body. And I was just like, wow, okay, all right. And that was it. <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. Yeah. It and so really that, that experience came from the vape as a, and so when you did the vape again, did you have a similar experience? Um, no, not, not as intense. No, not like that first time. Okay. So in, a, in other words, you're, it's kind of unexpected. You're really not sure. And that's, that was a body feeling. Yeah. Like it wasn't. Mm -hmm. Okay. Were there any visuals that accompanied that feeling? No, no, not at all. Not okay. at all. I don't know what it is because I'm putting plenty of DMT in the vape juice mix. I'm not sure why I'm not getting as an intense as smoking it. Cause you should be able to, um, you know, if you're putting mixing enough in there, but for some reason, you know, it's not doing it, you know, cause I'd rather just vape and just take one or two hits of the vape and then set it down instead of having to have a lighter and smoking it in this, you know, glass pipe and you know, all that stuff. I just wanted to find a pl more pleasurable way of doing it. Right. Does it, so when smoking it in the glass pipe, it's, is it difficult not to associate it with other stuff, you know, because of the reputation that those type of implements have when you're smoking DMT out of that, is it difficult to not associate it with that even in your subconscious? Well, you know, here's the thing, you know, it's a, it's more, it's kind of like a placebo thing, placebo effect. You know, if you believe our beliefs literally is everything in our reality. If you believe that this book right here is the answer to all your healing and this book is going to heal your, heal you, then more than likely that book is going to heal you. You know, um, they're called permission slips. You know, if you believe this crystal is powerful and, and it has, you know, potential of healing you, it's going to heal you. They're permission slips. You know, we give energy, we give the power to, to objects. And if that's okay, if we want to use an object to help us, you know, empower ourselves or whatever it is that we're trying to, you know, accomplish. Um, but they're permission slips, really. The placebo effect is literally about our beliefs. I mean, literally, it's all about what we believe. If we believe in these things, you know, like in quantum hypnosis healing technique is a course that I took. And it's about um, hypnosis, you know, re uh, regression and fascinating, fascinating things. But one of those, one of the specific ones, not to get too far off, but it's important that, so this, this person that was under, he was tapped into another, another aspect of himself, another lifetime of, of that he's, you know, part of that is a bird human-like being on our planet that we just can't see. We can't see them because they're in a slightly higher frequency than we are. You know, and I told you before that our eyes can only perceive 1% of the spectrum of light, which is not very much. So there is lights going on all around us that we just can't see. But the more that you become aware of these, these other realities and these beings, the more you'll start to perceive them. So belief is everything. It really, it really plays a huge part in everything. If you believe, and, it, and it's down to the smallest things, you know, in life, if you believe that everybody is just shitty and, you know, the world's just shit and, 
you know, we're being controlled and we're slaves and, you know, all these things. Sure, that might be, there might be some truth to that, that we have been these things. But we chose to come here. We choose to come here. We know what's going on on this planet, you know, so it doesn't empower us to continuously, you know, tell ourselves that we're slaves. You know, the word, words are powerful. And so we need to overcome this idea that we are slaves because if we keep telling ourselves that, then we'll just remain slaves. You know, we, we need to be empowered. And I can't tell you, I, could, I can't tell you enough how important it is that spirit has shown me how magical we are and how we are capable of so much more than what we are currently operating at. I mean, beyond our wildest dreams. <laughs> I believe that. And, you know, even myself, you know, I've always peered into different places, but now more than ever, I'm trying to achieve, um, I wouldn't say a mastery, but a handle on, you know, malleable parts of consciousness for myself while I'm here. And, you know, through meditation, through opening my mind to different things, um, and I've always been open-minded, but in this case, it's just, I think that's the greatest goal in life is to achieve that as a soul before you move on. And um, I think, I wonder, okay, so the question I have right now is, has anyone studied this, any kind of quantum scientist, anybody who really, you know, like a Terrence McKenna type or, or himself, had anyone studied DMT, the substance that you smoke, that you experienced? Mm -hmm. Has anyone had yes. a serious study of it? And what what was the result of that, if, you, if you're aware of it? Yes, um, there is, uh, I don't know if he's a scientist, but he took, I think like, I think he took like 10 or 20. And in, actually on YouTube, in the documentary called Spirit, the Spirit, DMT, Spirit Molecule, Joe Rogan actually hosts the, this documentary. And they go into detail about that's what it's all about. You know, they go into detail about how they took so many volunteers that were, you know, volunteered to go into a hospital setting and to actually intravenously um, take DMT and to study it, to study what happens and, you know, all those things. So, yeah, there's definitely people out there that are seeing it as more, you know, just like they're seeing how, you know, ecstasy is, is a great tool for <clears throat> people, you know, for couples. And they're realizing they're starting to give ecstasy to, to couples for couple therapy. You know, drugs, again, like I said in the beginning of our conversation, drugs are, the war on drugs is just a war on our consciousness, really. It really comes down to that. Nobody should, should tell us what we can do with our bodies. Exploring our consciousness should not be controlled by something outside of ourselves. And so, you know... Yeah, I agree with you. It's just uh, some of the cautions, of course, are even in modern times right now, a lot of things are being, in my opinion, purposefully spiked with um, poison, you know, and it's killing people. I know pe someone in my family had died of an overdose and it wasn't intended. It was because, uh, you know, the the drug was They thought it was, was something else. Yeah. Right. I know two people. I, I don't know them personally, but- they were very close to two people I do know. You know, a friend of yeah. mine, his son, his son died. It's mostly fentanyl, fentanyl that's being spiked. Yeah, yeah, right. So in other words, you make your own DMT because 
you trust what you're making as opposed to getting a powder from somebody, you know, you don't want to buy. In other words, and I, and I'm sending this caution out to the audience and I, I hope you can too. It's much, if they decide they want to look into it, do your research, listen to the things that Tasha is saying, but also it's more important that you make it yourself. Do you agree? Yes, I would agree with that. Yeah. Plus it's not easy to find. You can't just, it's not an easy thing to find and it is that is the best way to do it you know be cautious follow the steps you know make sure that you are following the steps you can do it trust in yourself that you can do it i'm no chemist i really am not um you know just take all precautions make sure you follow the instructions make sure that you have a very ventilated area you don't use a stove you do it on an induction cooker so there's no fire involved so you don't have to worry about fire um, just, you know, follow the steps. There's many different, you know, uh, methods to do it. It is very simple. It really is. Just uh, make sure you wear, you know, gloves and, you know, just protect yourself and just follow the instructions specifically to what, you know, that you find online. So, okay. So there, is there a specific place anybody can go and really get every step-by-step informative piece yes. on how to do this? Yes. Yes, on YouTube, you can search Google and you can read um, certain methods, but there's a lot of really great videos on YouTube that also people walk you through it. You know, I'm a real visual person, so I like to see what, you know, how it's done. And I've done many of the different methods. So, yeah. Okay, so I just a few more questions. So one, number one, maybe we could, you could take me through another uh, trip experience on DMT. So Take me to the point where you start smoking it and, and describe the, describe the entire experience, the body feeling, and then what you're seeing and what you're experiencing to the end, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. So let's see here. In the beginning, it's changed quite a lot. I'm not sure why, but in the beginning, it would be the same, pretty much the same thing Any in the beginning. It was just, you know, because I'd close my eyes. So I would close. And this was in the very beginning. I wasn't meditating every time either. Just in the last like three months did I start like, you know, every time meditating every single time. But when I first started doing it, I wasn't meditating with it. And but I was closing my eyes. So I would take in my hips and I would sit back and I would close my eyes. And the first thing you experience is this intense, you would see all these different colors, really bright colors, a lot of geometric patterns over and over again, almost like, you know, like kind of like a portal, I guess you would say. But at, but at that point, I wasn't like outside of my body. You know, um, I still felt like I was in my body in a sense. Uh, see, but that's that's the thing is that I've had a lot of experiences outside my body, so it, it still feels kind of the same. But at the same time, though, it's I mean, you're just like left with your consciousness. But I actually left my like left <laughs> this area and went like to the universe that one time. But you know, um, so yeah, so in the beginning it was just a lot of geometric patterns that you would see, lots of different colors, uh, fractals. Um, that was in the beginning. And then I had that really, you know, that breakthrough experience where I was flying through, I was, I left my body and I kind of took a chill after that. I was like, that was really intense. I don't 
think I'll wait a little while before I do it again. Um, but it didn't deter me from wanting to do it again. I wanted to explore more of what it was, what, what it wanted to show me. You know, again, it's alive. It's very alive. Another really cool thing is that um, me and my friend, so I took a hit and it was really intense. And my friend actually started getting the effects of it. So there's, so it's a trip. It's really a trip. I don't know how you explain that. It doesn't make sense, but that, and then, you know, hitting it and it not being intense. And then the next day hitting it and it being super intense and nothing changed. <laughs> so there's a lot of awkward kind of things with it, you know, with it, it's very alive and it's conscious uh, of you and what you're doing and what your intentions are, I believe. But um, there's just so many uh, I'm just trying to think. I mean, the last couple months, you know, I've just been meditating, you know, I'll just, I've been meditating every time. So in the meditation, um, doing the DMT, it, it's an internal journey. It really is. It's just an internal, internal journey. I mean, sometimes I would see these bright lights, you know, um, uh, above, you know, above me and, they, I'm assuming they were my guides, you know, just letting me know that they're here to support me in whatever I'm doing in my healing. And I mean, it really, I'm just, you know, I wish I would have journaled, I wish I would have journaled every single experience that I had in the last couple months. I kicked myself in the butt for not doing that. Well, I wonder, I mean, are you going to start? Because, uh, you know, I mean, yes. Okay. So the details, do the do details of each journey remain fresh in your mind? Uh, to this moment or the, the do, kind of like dreams, you know, you have dreams, you remember them when you wake up, but then in three hours, you're going to forget important details to some of these dreams. Yeah. Well, and that's another thing is like <clears throat> most people, when they come, when they come out of it, they can't even tell you what they just experienced. Literally. Like there's just no words they can even explain because it's so intense. And it's so outside of anything you could ever imagine that they're, they're just lost with, for words. It's just like, uh, 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 like, it's just so intense and so foreign that it's difficult to put words to it. So I think that's one reason why, you know, um, but another is just, I guess, cause I've probably done it so many times. Um, but, you know, just like I was sharing with you the last um, couple of times I did it, like I did it yesterday. And, um, it was, I did it, I did it with my eyes open and it was really intense. It was very short though. And what it, I kept my eyes open and what I was seeing was just a lot of, a lot of bright colors, like a lot of hues around objects. And there was like quadruple pattern, you know, copies of an object or whether it be a chair or a screen or a desk or any kind of object had, you know, several copies behind it. Um, and it is, it's, it's just an, it's an internal intensity. It's just a super intense internal experience. And you just have to remember that it only lasts 10 minutes. That's it. It's, you can't get stuck in that, you know, there's no sense, you can't get stuck there. It is natural. It is a natural substance because your own brain secretes it. It's not like you're doing LSD. It's a chemical, you know, um, that doesn't exist inside of your body. You can activate your own DMT through your pineal gland through meditation if you'd like. But if you want the shortcut and you want to experience, you know, just know that you are protected and that you're guided and 
um, and be excited about it. Don't fear it. You know, you can't be fearful of it. Sure, because, you know, you can't be locked in some kind of horrifying state of mind and emotion. Even when your friend said he was seeing monsters, he was, was he terrified, you know, like, was he running, you know, just scared as hell or it just kind of ended oh. and he expressed to you what he was seeing? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I just was singing mantra. I just telepathically picked up that he was, it was a little intense for him. And I knew actually that, you know, his mother, you know, watched a lot of horror movies. So, and again, he set that self, that he set that up for himself. Your intention is everything. If you go into this and you're preparing to do this and you, and all the thoughts that you think about what you're going to experience, you're writing to the universe that you want to experience. Every thought is an energy, is an energy, you know, is energy. So just make sure that, you know, you have a clean slate of your intention, you know, behind doing it. You know, what's, what are you intending to get out of it? Those all are super duper important. You know, if you fear, if you're fearful, super fear, don't do it. Do not do it until you are clear of that. Okay. And here's the other thing. So are there any residual effects, whether they be detrimental or very positive after like, okay, so for instance, if, if they're detrimental, do you feel like a loss of energy, confusion, brain fog, anything like that after using it? Well, see, you're, you're asking me someone that already has an awareness of the multidimensional aspects of ourselves. So for me, it wasn't as, it, it wasn't, it wasn't as intense as, uh, intense as it would be for someone else that maybe hasn't had any experience with spirit or anything outside of their body, you know, so it, it really varies for different people, but it's, it's intense for everybody, but no, there's no detrimental residue from that experience. At least I don't think that there is. Again, a lot of people are like, I'm glad I experienced it, but I'm good. Like they don't really have a whole lot of desire to explore it anymore you know, those people that are very rigid and just don't, it's about exploring your consciousness. How far down the rabbit hole do you want to go? You know? Sure. <laughs> and so, so these DMT experiences, you intend to have quite a few more and hopefully live a very long life. Um, but as you're, as you're going forward in this life, do you feel like you're connecting further to the place that you'll eventually go? I believe, yes, that this is another uh, realm that we are, we are tapping into. Um, you know, there's, there's some, you know, the way that we think, the way that human beings think is there's good and bad, evil, you know, and dark and light and dark and, you know, this polarity of good and bad. And it's so vitally important that we stop looking at things so black and white, you know, evil and, and and I know that you've heard quite a lot of you know evil stories but you know where I come from with that um anything that we experience you cannot experience what you're not the vibration of so if you are vibrating on 98.5 you can't experience what's on 94.1 you can't it exists but you can't experience it because you're not vibrating you're on that you're not on that channel to experience that so and even if you do, let's just say you, but it's okay if you do, it is okay if you do are vibrating at a lower frequency and that you do have some kind of, you know, experience that is not pleasant. 
don't judge yourself. The last thing we need to do is judge ourselves and be critical of ourselves. That's one thing that is really sad is that we're not taught as children ever to love ourselves. Never. We're never taught to love ourselves. We're only taught to go outside of ourselves for love. And that's the wrong way to be because all the love that we could ever possibly need is within ourselves. The love that we want to share, we need to share it with, we deserve that love for ourselves. And, you know, it's just so vitally important that we empower ourselves and focus on ourselves. If we focus on ourselves, we can change the world. If we just focus on loving ourselves and forgiving, you know, the ones that have harmed us or hurt us and know that they're just on their path and that, you know, hurt people hurt people and, you know, unifying and uniting with one another, we will change this world. We will. Thank you so much. Now, is there anything that we didn't cover that you want to say about uh, your DMT experience or the experience overall? Hmm. Um, no, but I would love to come back and share some more stories with you when I create some more. <laughs> of course. I w- will definitely have a follow-up to this one. So, so I ask everybody this question. When you leave this physical body, and you and you retain your consciousness, what will you take with you? From what I know, when we detach from these bodies, we are still ourselves. There's, there's no, um, we don't die and become something else. We remain ourselves. We're just no longer confined with these human limitations and human, you know, um, limitations and programs. So everything comes with us to the other side. I'm your host, Christopher Garitano, and I want to thank you for joining the conversation tonight. If you're interested in exploring your consciousness and perhaps other worlds through psychedelics, I urge you to conduct a great amount of research and take sensible caution before moving forward into those valleys and worlds beyond. Until next time, try to enjoy the daylight. <laughs>